I'm Marianne Kolbesek McGee, Managing Editor at Healthcare Info Security. Under the Affordable Care Act, states by January 2014 need to launch health insurance exchanges that can allow consumers and small businesses to shop online for private, competitively priced health insurance policies. Most of these state insurance exchanges are in the very early stages of being built. However, even before health care reform was signed into law in 2010, there were already some commercial health insurance exchange efforts operating, offering consumers a convenient way to shop for private health care insurance, including supplemental Medicare coverage. Extend Health is one of those private exchanges. Today we're talking to Bryce Williams, CEO of Extend Health, which has been operating a health care insurance exchange since 2004. Bryce will explain how his company protects the privacy and security of consumers' health information as they shop and enroll online for health coverage that fits their needs. Bryce will also talk about some of the privacy and security challenges that state-operated health insurance exchanges will likely face as they evolve under health care reform starting in 2014. Hi, Bryce. Hi, Marianne. Thanks for having me. Please tell us a bit about your organization and your role, and also explain briefly how Extend Health Exchange works. So Extend Health is a company we founded eight years ago to help employers get more value for their workers in healthcare. Pretty simple premise. And so starting six years ago, we constructed the first private exchange for the retirees of the Chrysler Corporation. So what happens on our exchange is an employer, instead of providing a one-size-fits-all group plan, instead arrays tax-free dollars and delivers them via what's called an HRA, or a health reimbursement arrangement, that allows those dollars to be tax-free. And then each individual recipient gets to shop and choose and enroll in the plan of their selection uh, using the help of our licensed agents from one of our call centers so that they have a complete personalization of the plan to their uh, unique medical conditions, to what medications they take, to where they live, to whether or not they they own a second home. And it turns out there's a whole lot of variability that goes into what type of Medicare plan you should have. And we help employers do that. And the benefits to the employers are they get to move to a more defined method of funding their future retirees, so much so that many of our clients are able to take what's called a FAS 106 adjustment, which is a big adjustment to their balance sheet, uh, to the positive, that for the first time uh, it takes what were open-ended obligations and actually now defines them. So, for instance, the Ford Motor Company back in uh, November of 2006, when they announced that they were using the Extend Health Exchange, they actually took an $885 million positive FAS 106 adjustment the date they announced. So a uh, whole lot of win-win-win type of uh, opportunities here for retirees and for the employers who fund them. And it's been a very successful thing. The Medicare exchange has really taken hold now across corporate America, and uh, 41 of the Fortune 500 now use and deploy a Medicare exchange to, to take care of their post-65 retiree obligations. What are Extends Health's biggest data security, patient privacy, and HIPAA-related challenges as a commercial health insurance exchange, and how are you tackling them? There's a whole lot of regulatory controls on all of us in healthcare. No matter what spectrum you uh, add on the on the equation here, at the very top of the spectrum where we reside, which is in the arraying or delivering of benefits, uh, there certainly is a massive amount of regulation, not the least of which, of course, is the new ACA reform bill. On the ground with the doctors and the hospitals, of course, there's tremendous amount of regulation as well. 
So, uh, you know, up and down the spectrum of healthcare, everybody has taken steps to try to provide higher level security. For us, it's 128-bit secure socket layer security. It's we encrypt all of our data, not only in our uh, in our terminals that our agents use, but also on our servers. That way, we send or transmit information out to our carrier partners, including the enro- actual enrollment of a senior in a Medicare plan. That data is protected. And so we've really tried to bring in everything that HIPAA commanded into our uh, data security architecture and make sure it's fully implemented on our platform. And so, so far, we've been very successful in making sure that we maintain data integrity of our information, of our retirees, and of our clients. And uh, so much so, we actually just went through an entire SAS 70 process and and uh, got a uh, letter of flying commendation on our SAS 70 procedures. So it's a very serious thing, but it's serious to everyone. So I think everybody takes it very seriously. I know in terms of what we do and our clients take it seriously uh, internally. And so if you're a vendor in this space, it's a very major investment, but you just have to make it. When consumers shop for insurance policies at Extend Health and enter health information about themselves onto your site, how do you secure patient data and privacy? And how do you secure data as patients are connected with the representatives on the back end who assist them in their coverage decisions? Right. So there's a couple of ways to do that. So as I mentioned to you, we are we do use secure socket layer technology, which is the same thing that people use when they are on their online banking sites, whether it's uh, Wells Fargo or Bank of America or J.P. Morgan. So uh, we're using the same bank-level security uh, data encryption that you see really across the industry, across the banking industry. So uh, consumers on our site should be uh, secure in the notion that as they go to information, it's as if they're on one of their bank sites, and we take it that seriously. Then what happens about transmitting the data and also to the taking of information, uh, not only do we have our systems uh, control for that, and again, we built our own custom CRM tool so that we're not using some off-the-shelf tool that perhaps has some data flaws exposed uh, through other applications. We actually built our own. So we were then able to control much more tightly for the information flow. And then, of course, the last line of defense is not only the training of our agents, but also the fact that they know uh, and our clients know we record all calls. So uh, last year we had over 2 million minutes of recorded calls, and we have uh, all of those calls stored in WAV files broken down by call and even by segment within calls. So the ability to pull information and find out what happened and what was conveyed, and all of those uh, WAV files, of course, are also encrypted and protected. Uh, but we just, we've just we thought about this in terms of multiple layers, and as I think all other players who are, are taking this seriously as they should have to think about it. How do you exchange data with the various insurance carriers that offer their policies to consumers? Over the last six years now, uh, we've led the industry in terms of electronic electronic data connections to each of these carriers. And typically what we do is we have a secure piper line into each carrier so that we can connect directly. And what that allows us to do, it's not only a security thing, it's also a speed uh, issue. So our ability to have, uh, to use a web service, as it's called, to each one of these uh, carriers of ours allows us to communicate directly. And that way there really is no, there are no files being transmitted via email. There's no files being transmitted other, over other less secure sources. So in each instance across our 85 carriers, we just made the investment to go ahead and build a direct web service. And in doing so, that just allows us a ton more control 
not only over the security, but also just over the whole customer experience, the speed of information flowing. And then, of course, that ties into our back office systems that starts to queue up advising customers where is their order, where where are my cards, when might I get them, and how is this going to work. So we uh, we try to think about it not only from a security perspective, but also a total customer experience perspective. And so far, it's working spectacularly well, and we absolutely lead the market in Medicare there with 85 web service connections to our carriers. How do you authenticate users, such as patients who enter their data and then return to your site at a later time? Yeah, so we, we use uh, a whole lot of pieces of information. We don't like to just use anybody's personal information. We're not comfortable just using emails. What we try to do is pull in three or four different data sources, not unlike, again, what a bank would require of you to change your password. And these are all pieces of data that are well known to each recipient, but because we get an employer file, we actually have a lot of uh, basic information on the actual retiree, and so we're then able to match whatever is entered against that file, and then that allows us to have even more control to make sure that no one is trying to come in and log and authenticate as someone else. It is, would be really difficult for someone to come in and use three or four pieces of very customized information that we have from your employer or your former employer if you're a retiree, and then try to uh, somehow trick the system and get in without having authentic uh, login information. And so far, that has worked out great. Uh, I'm not familiar with a single situation where uh, someone was able to come in and pretend to be someone else and authenticate through our system and get in and see information. We, We don't have an instance of that as of this time. And so uh, we do ask for quite a bit of information because you are dealing with not only someone's uh, personal information, but we also, we also believe that your health information is so important and so uh, private to you that we do want to make sure that our authentication system is very robust. And so we do require several pieces of information to be entered for you to get in and, and authenticate and either finish where you were in terms of completing your profile or viewing and selecting plans and what have you. And it's an extra layer, but, uh, you know, we work with some very large clients in the Fortune 500, and it's just what they demand of us, and it's what we've built. As the states launch their health insurance exchanges as part of health care reform, what do you think the biggest data security and patient privacy challenges will be that they face? I think one of the biggest challenges for the state exchanges as we move into the next, the next era, post-2014, is going to be around what happens to the people who are moving in and out of different systems? So what if I do not make enough money in the first half of the year and I need to be on Medicaid, but then I pick up a part-time job, I start to make enough money where maybe I don't qualify for Medicaid and I need to get on one of the exchange plans that's available. And then what happens if three or four months into that, I actually move over and I get a full-time job or I'm on some employer's health plan who has not exited so I think the real challenge uh, in our minds for uh, the state exchange authorities is keeping track of where is everyone and what do they qualify for and what are they eligible for because, of course, that's going to guide whether or not they qualify for um, a state or federal subsidy or a state uh, program like Medicaid, which, of course, is sponsored by federal dollars. So uh, I know a lot of people uh, get obsessed about uh, data security and other things as it relates to the state exchanges, and of course that's going to be very important. But I think the biggest challenge is just going to be tracking and following people as they move and their, their life changes 
in terms of their work profile and what that means to what plan they currently qualify for and how long. Any advice or tips related to data security and privacy that you can offer to the state health insurance exchanges that are just starting up? I think our bar advice to the state health exchange authorities would be to to acknowledge the notion that it's okay to ask for a whole lot of information to authenticate. Because you're not only dealing with uh, someone's you know, social security number or their phone number or their email address, you're actually dealing with their health conditions. You're dealing with their health status, which uh, in theory they'll have to put into the system as they go to apply, even though these plans are guaranteed issue. Uh, you know, the carriers and such are going to want to know what is the current health status of the applicant so that most likely they can get them into better wellness, uh, disease management programs, and other things. So I think because you're taking that information, I think you need to treat authentication very seriously. And I think while there may be some consumer uh, pushback on asking for too much uh, information to authenticate, our recommendation is that it's okay. And most of the consumers that we survey, and we survey almost all, they don't mind actually having to put in additional information so that they know that their information is protected and secure. Thanks, Bryce. I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee for Healthcare Info Security. Thanks for listening.